Hello everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. This program is brought to you by Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about our reach around the world, go to cpeonline.org. To learn about our mission fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Now join me in considering an introduction I gave six years ago on a message called The Triumph of Desire. Psalm 27 is a psalm of wonderful praise, made all the more wonderful because it is expressed by David at a time in which he is going through one of his darkest battles. The great desire we should have before any battle we face is simply that we would be brave and ready for the fight. David has discovered this, and it has brought him great joy. What did he find in himself that revealed the victory in the midst of his darkest day? What is the answer that brings us to the song of victory? What is the discovery that could rise within us that fills us with confidence in the midst of the trials and very real, the very real trials of life? David is going to teach us. So let's continue to look here at a second point. The second point is this. Our victory is found in the good desire. Our victory is found in the good desire desire. David has been forced to leave the capital that he had once won by battle. He has been forced to leave the place where he has established his government. He's been forced to leave the place where all the trophies of his political and military victories rest in memorial to his great deeds. To leave the place where his palace is, where the majority of his accumulated wealth is stored, where the people that had looked to him for leadership with honor and respect are left behind him, And when David was forced to leave all these things that were comforts to him, things that he had acquired as desires, things that he had lived to gain and preserve for himself, when all these things had left him, he found that it was not the restoration or preservation of these things that mattered to him. What he desired above everything else, instead of everything else, was to go into the temple of God. That was the one thing he was missing. That tent, that tabernacle, where the people of Israel were taught the holy ways of God. What David is saying here is this, basically. I desire a deep, residing relationship in the presence of God above everything else. Everything in that tabernacle was designed to teach and communicate the truth of God's nature and God's ways to the people of Israel. That tabernacle said that God was among them and that God was holy and yet God was forgiving and merciful and good and that there was a way through sacrifice to be forgiven and to enter into His presence that God would receive Him unto Himself by being to them the light of truth, by being to them the life of salvation, by being to them the stronghold against those things that would bring destruction in their life. And David wants God over all. He wants to inquire into these things and know these things. He wants God to be his chief delight, his chief desire. And this is how David discovered this chief delight in his life. How he discovered that, God, it's you that I want above everything else. The way he discovered it was, God took everything else away from him. Everything else he desired. Everything else that he had labored for. He stripped him of the things that in the past he had fought and labored to gain. Those things that he had toiled to secure and maintain. 
were pulled out of his life. Riches, reputation, relationships, they were gone in a moment as he's fleeing Jerusalem. And in that moment, on that battleground, he found a desire greater than anything else that he'd ever desired after. He found that what was left was just a desire for God. And that was his victory. And that was his triumph. He wanted to go back to Jerusalem, but not to reclaim his throne. He wanted to go back to Jerusalem, but not to re-enter his palace. He wanted to go back to Jerusalem, not to inquire into his armies and their positions. He didn't want to regain his status. He wanted to go back to Jerusalem because he longed to go and worship and love and seek the face of God. That's what he wanted. He wanted to gain Jerusalem. He says, this is the point of my confidence. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in His temple. When you said to me, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. When did God say that to David? Well, I'm sure God had invited him at different times in that way, but I think somehow when his head was covered and tears were coming down from his face as he's leaving all these things, God said to him, David, seek my face. Seek my face, David. Seek my face. Seek me. David said, Lord, that's all I want. That's all I want. As Christians, for us, we do not inquire or long for a temple. The book of Revelation in chapter 21, verse 22, tells us that God and the Lord Jesus Christ are the temple of heaven. Jesus is called in the very next verse, the light of heaven. We don't want to enter into a temple. We enter into Christ. We live in Him. We live for Him. He lives in us. And our great desire is to gaze on Him, to learn His ways, to be with Him, to walk in His steps all the days of our life and to pursue Him and follow Him and know Him for all of eternity. God puts us on the battlefields of life. We seemingly, at times, feel as though we're losing the things that we had considered dear. God is sovereign. He's sovereign in the inflow of blessings and possessions and things into our life. And God is sovereign in the removal of those things from our lives as well when they seem to be swept away from us. And by the way, all of us are going to end our lives having all those things swept away from us if the Lord should tarry. But in that moment, what God leaves us to is a place of triumph. The triumph where we find the desire that triumphs over every other desire, a desire for Him. The hymnist wrote about it. In our joys and in our sorrows, days of toil, hours of ease, still He calls in cares and pleasures. Christian, love me more than these. And when we find that we do, that above all else we desire to know God, to be with God, to enjoy learning more and more about God, we gain hold of the desire that carries us out of hell and draws us up into heaven. We in that moment find ourselves even in the ditch, kings of the hill. You see? It's wonderful. Let me give you a third point here. Because when you have the right desire, you will then discover the right fear. In fact, every fear you have is simply the fear of losing what you desire. People who are dominated by fears are also dominated by desires. They desire this, they desire that, they desire this, and then they fear losing this and that and this, right? 
So the way to find a good fear is to find a good desire. When you desire the good thing, you'll fear the good thing. Our victory is also found in the good fear. It's natural to fear your enemies. It's natural to fear being conquered by a foe. It's natural to fear being defamed. It's natural to fear being defeated by lying tongues who would destroy your reputation with whispers. It's natural to fear the loss of valued possessions. It's natural to fear the loss of prized relationships and the end of intimate dependencies we have with one another. We would not want to lose these things. We would not want, for example, those who are dearest to us and those who we've pledged ourselves to betray us and leave us in our distresses. Much of our lives are spent trying to lessen these fears and to address the fears of losing these desires. We crave security. We labor to maintain security in our lives. David has had his greatest fears come upon him. He's lost everything, and he's lost it at the hand of his own child. He's had his greatest fears come upon him. And in this moment, he has discovered that they are not to be feared. That God can protect us against the enemy. That God can deliver us from lying tongues and from our adversaries. That God will go with us even when our parents would forsake us. Paul learned the same thing. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, he says, when he was brought before Nero, at my first defense, no one stood with me. Everyone forsook me. But the Lord stood with me, and he strengthened me. That was enough. This became David's confidence. He faced his fears. They came upon him, and he found that God was enough for him that God was equal to every loss found and every fear that might be realized in his life. Those things that you don't want to happen, they happen. God is equal to it. God is greater in it. God compensates. He's enough. That's what David found. Actually, there was one fear in David that conquered all those other fears. It's in verse 9. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. The one pure fear that pressed out all other fears and brought victory to David was a fear of losing contact and relationship with God. David's triumph came in realizing that his greatest desire was God himself and his greatest fear was to live life without him. Have you had that experience in your life? You can read the stories of other great saints and they'll tell you how it happened, how they were stripped of things. Maybe some of you who are widows will remember the day that your spouse was dying. That thing that you kind of anticipated even on your wedding day. I mean, it was part of the pledge, till death do you part. And it was a fear. Something you didn't, in a sense, dreaded coming. And it came. And you labored over their suffering and their misery and your lack of control over the circumstance and situation. But God sent a note of victory into your life. Somehow what God authored in your heart at that time was, Oh God, I only want you. I only want you to receive my life. I only want you to be blessed and honored with my life. God, you are going to be my portion. You are going to be my all. You've always needed to be this. You're all I want. 
even when the fears come upon us, God brings us to the greatest desires and the greatest fear. Only God, don't let me go through this without you. That's the attitude that brings us victory. Over the death of a loved one, over the loss of a child, over bankruptcy, over reputation, over failures. So here's the real question. Here now is the good test for potential triumph in your life in the midst of the battlefields. What do you really desire above everything else? What do you really desire? Maybe you won't even find out until you get on the battlefield. Then thank God for the battlefield. It'll either reveal to you you desired the wrong thing or it'll reveal to you you've been desiring underneath it all the right thing, himself alone. What is your greatest fear? What is your greatest fear? I'll give you a hint. It's attached to your greatest desire. Choose wisely. Your choice is the secret to victory on life's battlefields. Make the right choice, and in the darkest moments, light will come crashing in on you. A song of praise will rise from your lips even in the ditch, and you will find yourself walking in the company of very brave men. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the song that in the night was birthed on the lips of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? This has been the Bread of Life. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about our work around the world or in your neighborhood, or for a copy of this message, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until our next time together in God's Word, may God bless you.